Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search The Rob O'Donnell Show. Download it, listen to it live, uh, listen to it recorded, obviously. <laughs> Sorry about that. But listen to it whenever you want to listen to it. That's the whole point uh, with the podcast. Download it. You can listen. You ride home later that evening and the next morning, you know, whenever's convenient for you. It's 3.09 here in the station in Pittston. Says rain's coming tonight. That's what I hear. Hopefully, hopefully not too uh, widespread. But 66 degrees, mostly cloudy outside. Now, the Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, how's everybody doing on this Friday, October 20th, 2023? You ready for the weekend? A lot of, a lot of stuff going on today. A lot of news coming out. The, the breaking news of the day, well, there's, there's a lot of it, but the, the most important news that I consider is uh, two American hostages have been freed by Hamas. Now, we don't have much details on that. It's just been confirmed that two American citizen hostages have been freed by Hamas, so hopefully... Um, that's just the start of many. I, I believe the last count estimate was about 14 American hostages there. Now, that being said, it was also found out in the past two days that two Americans that were missing are confirmed dead. An 80-year-old grandmother and a 12-year-old granddaughter confirmed dead. American citizens that were in Israel. So, uh, you know, still tragic news coming out of there. And live shots from southern Israel right now. There's rockets being fired over southern Israel uh, as we speak now. And it seems to be the norm every night. Now, if you watched the president speak last night, his national address, which lasted for about 15 minutes. Actually, it lasted for, they say exactly 15 minutes, but around there. Where uh, there were a lot of different things lumped in. Uh, it wasn't as stern as I, I would have liked to seen, but again, I'm probably looking at it from a different angle. But, you know, with 31, now uh, 32, I think, was the last number that was given. 32 dead Americans, uh, undetermined amount of hostages, hopefully 12 now with these two being released. It was kind of all over the place. It, it was a lot of Ukraine. And again, that's not what the purpose of his or shouldn't have been the purpose of what he was uh, talking about last night. And, you know, he, he made his commitment to send, what, $105 billion? And that has now been documented. And where exactly that's going. And uh, he sent his emergency spending package to Congress for $105 billion. Now, now here's the breakdown. $61.4 billion for Ukraine. Now, the $105 billion, $61.4 billion for Ukraine, $10.6 billion for Israel, $9 billion for humanitarian aid for Ukraine, Gaza, and Israel, $12 billion for border agents, and $7.4 billion for Taiwan and other Pacific allies. Now, here's where they lose me. Any funding bill for a foreign entity should be individual in itself. You want to send two, three, four, five, five funding bills? Well, send five funding bills. You want to fund five different entities? And I want to see the breakdown on those five. 
$61.4 billion for Ukraine, in addition to everything else we've sent. $10.6 billion for Israel. Yeah, $9 billion for humanitarian aid for Ukraine, Gaza, and Israel. Now, I thought that was the big dilemma. That was the big push, the humanitarian assistance that the innocent people who were being caught in the middle of this. But when you look at the nuts and bolts of it, $105 billion, very little. A matter of fact, outside of Taiwan and the Pacific Allies, which came out of nowhere in this spending bill, yes, we should be supporting our allies in Taiwan because China is looking to move in there. And everybody smells weakness. We've seen it. We've seen it. But only $9 billion for humanitarian aid for, all, for Ukraine, Gaza, and Israel. But $61.4 billion for Ukraine for a war. $10.6 billion. One-sixth of what we're sending to Ukraine for Israel. And if you look at the coverage, the media coverage of what's gone on between Israel and Palestine and between Russia and Ukraine, if you cannot see the, the black and white difference there in coverage, how we are pretty much seeing everything to the point where they're making stuff up in uh, Israel and Palestine. You know, we've seen that. And on a good move, X, the formerly known as Twitter, took away the New York Times gold verification badge because of their fake news, their false information that they portrayed. Not only did they run with that Israel bombed this hospital, causing hundreds, I think their last number was five or 600 deaths, mass casualty incident. Not only did they run with that, but if you read through the story, their reporter says that they saw the rubble of the hospital. They were there physically saw the rubble, the hospital in rubble. Hospital was never struck. The parking lot was. So how did this reporter for the New York Times see the rubble of the hospital? Because of that fallout, the New York Times has lost its uh, gold verification badge. Now they do now have their blue badge. They didn't have any verification badge earlier today. Now it's the blue badge where you pay, what, nine, uh, eight or $9 a month for, and anyone could get that? Well, that's what the New York Times has now. So it's good to see a, a little fallout from that. But again, the good news, the good breaking news of the day is two American hostages have been freed by Hamas. And uh, hopefully the beginning of, of a lot more. Uh, the State Department has also issued a warning worldwide. I am part of the State Department uh, alert process. Let me see if I can pull it up here. And again, you can, you can register for that at Smart Traveler Enrollment at the United States State Department. And security alert, and this is a subject, security alert, worldwide caution, October 20th, 2023. Location, worldwide caution. Event, due to increased tensions in various locations around the world, the potential for terrorist attacks, demonstrations, or violence against U.S. citizens and interests. The Department of State advises U.S. citizens overseas to exercise increased caution, U.S. citizens should stay alert in locations frequented by tourists and enroll in the Smart Traveler Enrollment Program. Now, if you or anyone you know is traveling overseas, or if you just want to know what's going around the world, because this will tell you, you know, which locations are getting alerts, go to the U.S. State Department, just Google 
or any search engine you use, the Smart Traveler Enrollment Program for the United States State Department. And you can also get these alerts. But this is a, a worldwide alert. You now have Hamas calling for worldwide demonstrations from Hezbollah and other organizations. We do know yesterday that the Houthi rebels from Yemen, backed by Iran and trained by Iran, shot uh, cruise missiles and uh, drones, which a United States warship interdicted and took down. Nothing as of today. And Israel is now evacuating a town near the Lebanon border in the north because they expect uh, more issues, more problems up there. The mayor was on TV today saying he's, he's urging residents of his town to evacuate because uh, Hezbollah in the north in Lebanon has been becoming more and more aggressive. We also have breaking news today. Uh, another Trump attorney, his campaign attorney, Kenneth Chesborough, pled guilty to his misdemeanor crimes. He is getting 100 hours of service, community service, five years probation, and a $5,000 fine, one for each, $1,000 for each of the fines. He has also agreed to turn over information and testify if needed against the former president. So what's going on in Georgia is not looking good. You have both Sidney Powell, his former attorney, and now you have Kenneth Chaseborough pleading guilty. So um, we'll see what happens there. I, I, I'm a proponent for once you are arraigned on charges, let the criminal justice process take its, its means and the appeals process after, after that. Now there's going to be some interesting navigation when it comes to the prosecution of this because both being his attorneys now again if they were accomplices in a crime it takes away some attorney client privilege but not others so th this is going to be a uh, it's it's going to be something to watch and like i said if a jury if a grand jury indicts and there's a trial let that process take place and and let those chips fall where they may but you have a second entity here. And again, for the hundreds of thousands of dollars it would have cost them in defending this with what they could have been found guilty of, a plea deal probably makes sense for them. And, and you add the fact that Donald Trump did not agree to pay for their legal fees. So is this you know, an F you back to him? We'll see. We'll see when it comes time to testify because, you know, their testimony that now that the prosecution is touting that they're going to be witnesses for the prosecution, that doesn't mean they know what they're going to say. That doesn't mean that this is a slam dunk in what that testimony is going to be. And, but I'm, I'm saying 100% this is damaging just for that fact. You don't know what they're going to say. They obviously felt the need to take a plea here and walk away from this with a couple thousand dollar fines, some community service, writing letters of apology to the Georgia Election Bureau, and some probation. So it'll be interesting to see what's going on there. But that's kind of the the breaking news of the day, in a, in a nutshell. I will be uh, leaving you guys today at 5 o'clock. I'm heading down to see my daughter in Annapolis, but I will be here with you live till 5 o'clock. And then not sure what we're going to do at that point. Uh, do we know what we're going to do then, Jake, yet? 
Yeah, I got a good idea. Yeah, Jake's got a good idea. We're going to have a surprise for you after the 5 o'clock hour uh, when, when we have Do I Have a Case with Frank Andrews. So uh, be interesting. Be interesting. But, uh, yeah, I got to head down three and a half hours down to the Annapolis area. The Navy midshipmen are taking on the Air Force Falcons tomorrow for their Commander-in-Chief series for the trophy. Navy's a rebuilding team. Air Force always has a good team, but regardless, to be around thousands of our nature's, nation's future leaders, especially with everything that's going on, puts me in my happy place, puts me down there. I, I, I love being down there. I love seeing these young men and women from across the nation and our territories, and, and even the international students, and with the Air Force cadets coming here to cheer on their team. It's just a great and, and to see the families of the midshipmen, to see the Navy fans embrace the the Falcons fans and the Falcons cadets and the Falcons players into their tailgates. And, you know, my house is your house. Come here, sit down, have something to eat, have something to drink. It, it's just a great environment for a tailgate. It's just one of those moments where you just sit back and you're proud to be an American. And there, there's bound to be, you know, the, the leapfrog jump team. You'll see the flyover. It's just America at its best. And I like to look at that every time I can. So come football season, I go down and look at that as much as I can. So apologize for leaving you guys early today, but I'll be out of here at 5 so I can head down to see my daughter tonight. She's a trainer with the Navy Sprint football team, which is playing Caldwell tonight. I'll probably get there around halftime. It's also senior night, so I'll be able to partake and uh, congratulate the seniors that are graduating come May to become either ensigns in the United States Navy or second lieutenants in our United States Marine Corps. So I'm looking forward to tonight and tomorrow. It'll be a weekend of patriotism, a weekend of looking at the best of America rather than trying to find what's bad about us. So that's what I'll be doing this weekend. But we got a lot to talk about between now and then. Maybe some sports talk later in the afternoon, but it's uh, 323 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. You know, it's, 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 I, I, if you hate Trump, I get it. That's fine. I hate him all you want, but you really need to see more of the big picture than just that. And, and really, fine. You, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So I get a text, man. I said, it doesn't look good. Obviously, who am I talking about? It doesn't look good for Trump. These two co-defendants pleading guilty. Doesn't look good for Trump. So I get text messages. Rob, what do you mean the case in Georgia doesn't look good? It's not looking good? Huh? I think it looks great. The case against Trump is awesome. There's irre irrefutable evidence against him. He's got co-defendants going to testify against him. It looks great. Obviously, I was talking about it doesn't look good for Trump. But all you want to see is, yeah, they're going to get the guy. But, you know, be careful what you, what you look for there. Because Trump can also plead guilty under the Georgia first-time offender law like these co-defendants did. And get smacked with a couple thousand dollar fine, some probation, and maybe some community service. And then what? He walks away from this. Doesn't prevent him from running. Doesn't prevent him actually from anything. Actually, he's, if he's proven anything, he'll make money off of it with his fundraising. So I, I understand you hate the guy so much and all you want. And really, if Trump's in jail tomorrow, how does your life change? How does my life change? How does anybody's life change? Doesn't really, when you look at the big picture. But I understand you want to get the guy so much. You want to hate the guy so much, you'll run the country into a wall first, just to get him. Hopefully, he's a passenger in the car. 
you'll think. But uh, come on, man, really? Really? So uh, as this war with Israel and, and Palestine, Hamas, heats up, Pennsylvania ups Israeli bonds by 44%. Yeah, you heard that right. The state treasury department here in Pennsylvania said it invested $20 million into Israeli bonds amid the country's ongoing war with Hamas. Altogether, the 44% increase brings the state's total ownership to $56 million. Israel invests the money into the economy and pays investors interest twice yearly, typically. A department spokesperson said the $20 million bond will earn the state an annual interest rate of 5.25% over a three-year period. It's a good interest rate for a three-year bond. This compares favorable to the yield on similar three-year U.S. Treasury notes. Israeli is our greatest ally in the Middle East, and I will always stand with them, Treasury Secretary Stacey Garrity said in a release. Israeli bonds are a smart, dependable investment with a proven track record. And it's especially important to show our support at a time when the people of Israel are facing horrific terrorism. Pennsylvania joins several other states in upping their investments after Hamas, recognized by the U.S. as a foreign terrorist organization and ruler, elected ruler, since 2007 of the Gaza Strip. So I, I, I think we all know that the United States recognizes Hamas as a foreign terrorist organization. Did you know that the United Nations does not? The United Nations recognizes Hamas as the duly elected government of Gaza. So when we say we're going to let the UN get into this, and we're, you know, I, I posted on my social media earlier today, if you think this is going to be a weeks long, if there's a ground invasion by the IDF, you think this is going to be a weeks long or a month long uh, entity, you're sadly mistaken. This is a years plus long to get in there and, and fully clean out the Gaza Strip of Hamas, because you will have insurgents from Iran, insurgents from Yemen, insurgents from Syria, insurgents from Lebanon, all over the area, flooding to there to attack interests, the Israeli troops and everything in the ground there as they try and clean up that area. Now, hopefully, and Israel says that they have no intention of staying there to occupy the region or, or to control it once they clear it of Hamas or of terrorism. Hopefully then... The U.N. gets a coalition of Arab nations to go in there to monitor the area while they elect their own government. And we'll see what happens from there. That would be the best case scenario. The way I see it, the way the people I talk to that are a hell of a lot smarter than me, we don't want to be doing it because they they hate us just as much as they hate Israel. You don't want Europe doing it. You don't want. You need to get a coalition of UN Arab nations to go in there and be peacekeepers once the IDF pulls out of the Gaza Strip. That's the way I see it. That's the 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 case scenario. Listening to what there, there's a three stage, three prong approach from what the Israeli Defense Forces are saying. They're saying they're going to go in. They're going to cripple Hamas. They're going to find and hunt them down. They're going to rid the earth of them. 
And then they're going to pull back and leave it to the UN or another nation, peacekeepers, to let the Palestinian people build a nation. And we'll see what happens with that. But, again, what do I know? It's 323, 3.33 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Well, we, I saw this story this morning, and it, it literally made me laugh, but it shouldn't. Muser may seek a house, the House Speaker job. If a stalemate over the new U.S. House Speaker continues, a local congressman may go for the job. U.S. Representative Dan Muser of Jackson Township said he continues to support, support Representative Jim Jordan or a strong alternative who can achieve the 217 votes. I think the vote was 214 today they needed, but they couldn't get it, and Jim Jordan got less than ever, and they just took a secret ballot where over 100 representatives said he shouldn't run again for the speaker job. Um, but he would pause his bid for speaker and support Representative Patrick McHenry as a temporary speaker, but the, the plan fell through when Jordan's hard-right allies refused to allow a temporary speaker to gain more power. In a text to the Times Tribune, Muser said he would likely seek the speaker job if Republicans were to follow through and choose McHenry to lead the House for a set time of period until another speaker is elected. Now, let's be clear here. And I, I think my leanings are pretty obvious here. But this doorstop in the office probably has more chance of becoming speaker than Dan Muser. So, you know, I, I understand it's an ego thing. I understand it's a, you know the want for more power thing but l let's be honest you know I, i'm come on you're way down on a list of anyone i would want to be speaker of the house and, and i'm I, i'm a staunch conservative so stop you're just proving more and more that this is an ego and power thing we need somebody inside there will who will actually get things done there there's important work that americans need not 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 comical relief from throwing your name in a ring to make yourself seem more important than you are. Come on now. Let's be serious. Let's get serious. That's not even a serious solution to a real difficult problem in America right now. Probably one of our most difficult problems in America right now. A non-functioning House of Representatives where not a single piece of legislation can go to the floor. Where no work of the people can get done. And it's it's comments like that, and I don't care if you're a Democrat. I mean, Kevin McCarthy went on the House floor today to to nominate Jim Jordan for Speaker, and lambasted lambasted the Democrats, talking about their congressional records, how the only thing the the minority leader ever did was name a post office. Hakeem Jeffries' congressional record is comical, and he's in charge. Most of their records are comical. But we need serious solutions to these serious problems. The people's work needs to get done. And when there's split government, yes, I'm sorry, compromise needs to happen. And, and I get it. When did Nancy Pelosi compromise? When did the other side compromise? You had Joe Biden, the president, telling them we're not we're – not, uh, we're not even going to discuss the continuing resolution. We're not even going to discuss it. 
Nothing's open for discussion. And, and he, he got labeled with shutdown. And we can't do the same. But without a functioning government, none of this can get done. So this talk back and forth of compromise and we need to work across the aisle, it's a bunch of garbage from both sides. The only way you get things done in a split government, and I'll use the example again of President Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich, Speaker of the House, Republican. They worked across the aisle and got some of the greatest things in my lifetime that was ever done. Yeah, you're not going to be happy with all of it. You're not going to like all of it. But it got done. But this garbage from the left, this garbage from the, the minority, Hakeem Jeffries and all these other yahoos on the Democrat side about reaching across the aisle. You tell me the last time the squad reached across the aisle. You tell me the last time Nancy Pelosi reached across the aisle. And if you want to seriously sit down and, and have compromise, then do it. It's the only thing that it's the only way that things could get done. Other than that, it's a fight. Other than that, it's a fight. You know, I'm hearing the other day, yesterday morning, there was almost a fist fight in the chambers, the, the GOP chambers for the House between Matt Gates and another representative. Good. Let them fight it out. Let them beat the hell out of each other. Come out. Maybe they'll figure it out. But, I mean, this, this, this just goes to show you how we, we've put unserious people in government. That, yo, yeah, I'm just going to throw my hat in the ring. Again, uh, you know, for, for all due respect for U.S. Representative Dan Muser, Republican from Jackson Township, the 9th District, the doorstop here in the office has a better chance of becoming Speaker. It's just, there's my two cents. And, and I'm going to call the balls and strikes as I see them here. And if it needs be, I'm going to hit you over the head with a bat to get that point across. Not literally. Figuratively, of course. But I'm sick and tired of these perpetual children who just want money and power, who could care less about the American people, spewing this nonsense. And all this did was show it's all about ego and power. That's all this did. And when I see that, I'm going to call it out. It's uh, 345 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Let me see. I got uh, Wayne from Einan on electing five-year-olds. Uh, I got about a minute, Wayne, so we got <laughs> okay. to pack it into so a minute. You, no problem, buddy. Yeah, we elected five-year-olds. How the heck did we get this lucky? Okay, and I want to wish you a good weekend with your family. It's the most important thing in the world is family. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. It looks like, uh, like I said, to, to see the these future leaders of our nation down there uh, enjoy themselves and, and kind of, you know, forget about what they're headed into in, in some of them in just a couple of months is just a, a sight to see. And, and I really wish yeah, more people could see it. This, but this country in turmoil and divided as it is, you know, uh, where's the brains? I mean, really, where, do they actually have any? That's what I'm curious about. Well, you know what? Okay. I, I, I agreed with John Sederner, John Fetterman twice this, this week. He, he said that we're not sending our best and brightest to Washington, which I 100% agree with. And he <laughs> called out the squad and, and members that were uh, supporting Hamas. So that's twice well, in one that? week. Twice in one week. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I agree with John Fetterman. Okay. And another thing, my comment is about the Middle East there and all the terrorists and everything open there. I hope, and I really do pray that this doesn't happen, okay, that they get a hold of a tactical nuclear weapon. Okay, uh, they they because... don't have one. The dirty bomb is probably their best. But, Wayne, we're going to have to leave it there. I'm up against the Bloomberg. 
We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the Bloomberg Money Minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 354, 66 degrees. It's mostly cloudy outside. And uh, I'm not joking. If you can make it to the Highbridge House, if you're looking for a place to go out this weekend, definitely check it out in Springbrook Township. Uh, their bar, their restaurant, they got their seasonable drinks going. Their food is outstanding. Really, head over there and uh, tell them I sent you, seriously. And if you're looking for a catered event, both at your location, their location, it's the place to be. Uh, I have a little more information on the released hostages. It's a mother-daughter, Judith and Natalie Renan, who originally were taken by Hamas from the Nahal Az Kibbutz in southern Israel near the Gaza Strip. In resp- and this is a statement from uh, the Al-Qassam Brigade. In response to Qatari efforts... Al-Qassam Brigades released two American citizens, a mother and daughter, for humanitarian reasons and to prove to the American people and the world that the claim made by Biden and his fascist administration are false and baseless. Al-Qassam Brigade spokesman Abu uh, Abada said Friday, the Al-Qassam Brigade is the armed wing of Hamas. You know, the armed wing, the government wing, the the wing that's recognized as the duly elected government by the United Nation wing. Um, As of Friday morning, there were 11 Americans unaccounted for since Hamas launched its war against Israel on October 7th. The Israeli military said Thursday there were 203 Israeli hostages taken by Hamas in the Gaza Strip. So that's uh, so that's the updated a mother daughter. I will uh, post this on my social media again on my Facebook Rob O'Donnell, so you can see uh, the information there. But two American hostages that were released from Gaza, we now have identities on them, and it appears we have eight, uh, eleven unaccounted for Americans still possibly being held, but uh, they were identified as Judith and Natalie Renan. Doesn't say their ages, but it looks like, uh, you know, the daughter looks to be in her young 20s. So, uh, you know, we'll update that as we can get information, but it's good news. Good news from there. Looking at, uh, where'd this come from? This came from, uh, CashNet USA. Jake, what do you think is the most popular fast food location in uh, in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania? I mean, it's hard not to say McDonald's. No, not even close. Oh, really? Krispy Kreme. Oh. This was Krispy done. Kreme. Now, that's as a whole. Krispy Kreme okay. got the most votes. Now, you could break it down by category. Yeah. Burgers, chicken, donuts, and pizza. But Krispy Kreme... And if you look across the nation, both uh, Chick-fil-A and Krispy Kreme, donut, well, donuts as a whole. In, in, in uh, Pennsylvania, it's Krispy Kreme. Down in Georgia and Alabama, it's Daylight Donuts. In Missouri, Colorado, Nebraska, and Arizona, you have Lamar's Donuts and Coffee. Of course, California and Nevada, you have In-N-Out Burger. Yeah. And then the rest of the nation pretty much is Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Except uh, North Carolina, 
which, you get, you which is it. where Krispy Kreme was founded in. North Carolina? Yeah. You got Papa Murphy's. I'm not sure what, exactly what I've that is. I've never even heard of it. Yeah. And you have Shipley's Donuts down uh, down south as well that's doing. So it's either chicken or donuts, which I'm good with both of them. Let's see. You're, you're, uh, I can hear Homer Simpson right now. What do you think is the the least favorite? Least favorite fast food? In Pennsylvania. Mm. That's a tough one. Domino's. <laughs> Domino's. Bad pizza. And this goes for across the nation. If you look at the nation as a whole, our nation loves donuts and chicken. Yeah. They despise bad pizza. But uh, it's either Papa John's or Domino's, some Pizza Huts um, across the nation. You know, down south, you have wing stops, a couple wing stops people don't like. Mississippi does not like its McDonald's. Uh, KFC in Arizona and New Mexico, I guess they don't have good chicken. Popeye's up in Montana, I guess you don't, you know, if you get all the beef you want, why would you want Popeye's chicken? Yeah. But it looks like bad pizza is the, the most there. But uh, for chicken, Chick-fil-A across the nation, there's not a place. For uh, burgers, Five Guys across the whole Northeast. Five Guys does it. For Mexican food in Pennsylvania, it's Moe's is their most favorite. So, uh, and again, donuts. It looks like you got Daylight Donuts, Lamar's Coffee and Donuts. You got Krispy Kreme, Windshells in Nevada, but no Duncan. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute.